Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, the only podcast gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. I'm Adam Weiner, but alongside Thomas Carinante, some Yankees are going to spit the bit tomorrow afternoon. The non-tender deadline is Friday evening. The Yankees roster, the 40-man, sits at 40 men. So if there are some players you don't think are going to make it to opening day currently on the 40-man roster, the Yankees have to decide tomorrow whether or not they're even going to give them contracts for next season. And we break down some guys on this episode who are in the danger zone, could get traded today or tomorrow, could straight up get, again, borderline released, not given a contract for next year. The Yankees have not taken advantage of this in the recent past. They tendered Gary Sanchez an expensive contract right before the lockout. Then as soon as it ended, we're like, eh, let's just trade him anyway. We never wanted him in the first place. Order of operations was incorrect there, but it, in many ways, led us down the disgusting path we're currently on. So we've got some players who should be on the lookout for phone calls from mysterious numbers over the next 24 hours. If it says spam risk, you're probably good. If it doesn't, you might be cut by the New York Yankees. We're also going to talk about the latest rumors which have connected the Yankees to a division rival in trade, but no, not anyone that you're interested in. Did Brian Cashman ruin the team's chances of getting Yoshinobu Yamamoto by yelling at Giancarlo Stanton's agent? Literally, what the fuck world are we inhabiting? The Yankees made a couple additions to the 40-man this week, and Garrett Cole did win the Cy Young, so it's time to talk about his opt-out, because whether it's regular or not, it still exists, and Cole could be off the roster next fall. Could. Might not be, shouldn't be, but absolutely his future is not certain, despite what Aaron Judge said in the congratulatory video after his unanimous victory last night. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review, a subscribe if you haven't. We're live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time. We just hit 800 subscribers today. Big fat milestone, so it's time to get us to the next one. 900 is good, but we want 1,000. So tell your friends, do your work. When we hit that number, that's when we can really start bringing you the quality content. Because quite frankly, right now, we've been dogging it. We've been giving it a B-plus effort. We'll start being entertaining and good if you get us to 1,000. We're going to have a good friend of mine on the show on Monday that I think you guys are going to really like. Um, but until then, you're stuck with me and Thomas Carinante. And Thomas has an offer for everybody who's joining us today. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we got some news here. Yanks Go Yard is partnering with, partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give uh, users a first deposit match up to $100. Pretty cool. We're just giving away free money, dude. Great times. Make sure to use the code FANSIDED2. That is FANSIDED2, the number two, when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen. Here we go, technology, to see if you qualify. And that's that's what we got. Short read, free money if you qualify. Pretty good deal. Uh, once again, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I think, actually... We have good stuff. We have we have a couple of good things today. Garrett Holton's Cy Young. That's very nice. We had yeah. a couple of young Yankees added to the 40-man. That's also nice. But 
we have to start with that. We're going to close with the positive stuff. We're going to start with the negative stuff. And sure. I think that's a good first idea. First order of business, not necessarily negative, but negative things can happen tomorrow. And we got to brace for them. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you feel. I don't think there's a single player on this list of potential non-tenders who would give me uh, really more than a couple of seconds pause about losing their roster. I would just feel bad for them. Of course you feel bad, and and some of these guys are lifelong Yankees, quote-unquote, or at least their Yankee career started quite a long time ago in the low minors. So it could be the end of the road for several people we've become very familiar with. But as far as I can tell – the most important uh, position here is catcher. Uh, if you know, we can go through some of the other people we think are probably at risk of losing their Yankees jobs and are going to be seeking new ones over the next couple weeks and months. Um, but it doesn't take a lot of speculation to see that catcher is going to have to change. The Yankees added Augustine Ramirez to the 40 man roster earlier in the week. He's a power hitting catcher played at double a this year, exit velocity, similar to Gary Sanchez, Certainly the kind of guy that another team could draft and stash and steal from you. Um, The rumor was they're going to protect Clayton Beater, uh, obviously, Futures Game participant, top 30 prospect, and that's it. But instead, they maxed out the 40-man, protected both guys. Uh, Beater, I think, is certainly on St. Louis's radar from what we've heard. Might be included in a big Brendan Donovan, Alec Burleson, et cetera, trade. Um, But Ramirez is a big protect, and they also added Carlos Narvaez, a lower on the totem pole catcher to the 40 man a couple of weeks ago. So that makes one, two, three, four, five, six catchers six. on the current 40 man roster. And that doesn't mean they're active, of course, but those are people who could get called up at any time without the Yankees having to make some sort of corresponding move to the 40 man, a cut, a 60 day IL, etc. That's Jose Trevino, who's not going anywhere, Austin Wells, who's certainly not getting DFA'd, probably going to be your starter. Uh, ben Rortved, who's got minor league options, probably going to be the first guy called up if they need somebody. Narvaez Ramirez, who they just went through the trouble of protecting. They could trade Narvaez. They did that a couple of years ago with Donnie Sands, but they're protected for now. And then Kyle Higashioka, who is the most expensive of the group, the longest tenured in New York of the group, and the one who kind of brings the least upside. So even though he was in Cole Cy Young video yesterday, they're going to try to trade him over the next 24 hours. I don't know why you would find a taker for a backup catcher who everybody knows will not be on the Yankees in a couple more hours. Like if somebody gives up anything for him tomorrow or today, it's going to be like when someone trades the Patriots for Bill Belichick. And you're like, what the fuck? Everybody knows they want to fire him. Why would you give them a second rounder? Why would you give them anything? It kind of feels like that. And I don't think anybody will. So I think we're in the final 24 hours of Kyle Agashioka's Yankee career. I would agree. Uh, scroll down. Look at the outfielders. We have the same amount of healthy catchers as we do healthy outfielders. It, it, it's unbelievable. I don't like – I understand that this is not static and come uh, tomorrow things will be very different. But, like, how do you even get yourself in that position? How does your roster even look like that at any point? Uh, infuriating. But, yeah, uh, Higashioka, uh, per MLB trade rumors, they are uh, – Pretty much the Wizards at predicting these arbitration salaries. Um, oh, not the Washington Wizards, like actual no. Wizards. I yes. was like, oh, so they like absolutely suck ass. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, Higashioka, two point three million dollar projection for twenty twenty four. Again, something the Yankees can afford. Do you need it? No. No. The Yankees have been relatively. Um, financially cautious over the last uh 
six, seven years. I don't see why you would spend money on a catcher who has, as much as I like Higgy, Higgy's admittedly regressed. He's had more and more opportunity, and he has not improved, in my opinion, ever since um, taking reps away from Gary Sanchez in 2020, and I think most people would probably have to agree with that too. So um, I think we'll have to salute him. We'll give him a we'll give him a nice uh, salute to service uh, today because he's either being traded or he will be non-tendered tomorrow. Um, and then let's talk about some awkward situations. Obviously, the number one awkward situation is Glaber Torres, 15 million projection. Um, the trade rumors continue to swirl. Um, he doesn't like the trade rumors. Um, we've come up with a multitude of scenarios that would benefit the Yankees if he were to be traded, whether it's trading him for, you know, maybe you, in theory, you trade for Juan Soto, you, you know, you gut part of the top end of your farm system of pitchers, you trade Glaber Torres, you get a couple of top pitchers in return. It's like He just posted something weird too. I mean, not that weird, but everything he does is weird now that. It was a tweet that was like a trailer for the movie coming soon. It was just like videos of him playing well. But he's having a weird – he's very active this offseason. Weird. Um, and I don't – I mean, I think a lot of people assume he'll be gone, but I, I don't think tomorrow is the day. And they're yeah. definitely not going to non-tender Glaber Torres. Although never say never because this team is uh, – we'll talk about somebody they're willing to pay $10 million to in a little bit. But yeah. $15 is a lot of money for Glaber Torres. Yeah, I would say um, – I would pay him. Uh, I uh, I just don't think there's any sense in uh, spending that type of money for one year when the roster clearly is not ready to compete in 2024 mm-hmm. as of right now. You can get value for him. You're not extending him. Brian Cashman had no inclination to mention about anything no. uh, in regards to an extension. Glaber he, Torres he is eaten. He, he goes, I, well, I don't know. We haven't had those. Th- I forgot. I didn't oh. know he was available. I didn't know he was One of the best middle infielders yeah. in the league. He's entering the final year of his contract. Yeah. That's interesting. What does that mean, Brian? Yeah. Um, then his agent comes out and he says that uh, he, uh, Glaber Torres has not been approached about a contract extension. So I think we could deduce what the deal is there. Um, let's see. We have, Who's staying? I guess we can we can eliminate that right now. Glaber Torres staying for an hour until he's traded. You got Clay Holmes at six million. Don't think he's going anywhere. No. Um, you got Nestor Cortez three point nine million. Jose Trevino two point seven million. Michael King two point six million. Yeah. Um, Jake Bowers. I think that's another one that's up in the air at one point seven million. The price is probably too good to pass up right now. He was his last guy on the bench. That's fine. With yeah, he, he was embarrassingly last year, like uh, top three in OPS on the roster for yeah. a while before he just absolutely fell apart. And I don't think a lot of people remember either of those things. Like he he finished in the 600s after mm-hmm. being in the 800s because he was like one for 40. Might have been in the they, 900s for a bit, as a matter of fact. When they finally put Rizzo on the IL and admitted that he like couldn't see baseballs he flatlined and he went like one for the next 40 something as the Yankees fell out of the race entirely. But before that, I mean, the Dodger series where judge hurt himself, Bowers was kind of the story. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt that they want to keep him around for 1.5 or 1.7 million. 1.7. Yeah. I I wouldn't doubt that he'd be on that bench next year. A lot of people are like, Bowers got to go. But when you really think about it, Bowers got to not be a starter. Yeah, but I don't think Bowers has to go. No, I agree. I've been, yeah, I, I was, I was infuriated watching him, and I, I said from the beginning, just get rid of all of the players that kind of just flatlined at some point. Whether it was whatever happened, you caught Yankees disease, which is very frequent now. But 
if he's the last guy on the bench because you're going to have to get rid of a bunch of people now, fine. Like that, that's where I'll draw the line. Last guy on the bench or gone. It's those one of those two things. Then yeah. finally, we have Clark Schmidt, two point six million. He's staying or being traded for in a Juan Soto package or something else. Um, and then you have Albert Abreu at 900K. They're probably just going to fucking keep him for bullpen fodder. Whatever. Um, they already got rid of Jimmy Cordero, Billy McKinney, Matt Bowman, Franchi Cordero, um, Domingo Herman, um, and there was one more, wasn't there? 100%. There were six. There were six. Yeah. Who else was there? Is it not on here? Uh, no, uh, Ryan, Ryan Weber. Ryan Weber. Sorry. Yeah. So that saved the Yankees a decent chunk of change. They were all outrighted. That started um, that started kind of the roster purge. Um, now, I didn't mention a few names. Why? Because I think that there are two guys outside of Higashioka that are probably gone or should be gone. Yeah. And it's not they should be gone because they're not good. It's they should be gone because the Yankees continue year in and year. Look, yeah, Brian Cashman complaining about injuries at the GM meetings, talking about how injuries have derailed multiple playoff runs, talking about how injuries are affecting Giancarlo Stanton's uh, tenure in New York, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. So explain to me why you're going to continue to acquire oft injured players or you're going to tender contracts to players who are injured. Those two players, Lou Trevino, $4.1 million. I love Lou Trevino. He got Tommy John in mid-May. He's not coming back till the second half at least. And a month of that's going to be rehab. And then you get him back for September. And that's assuming you're in a really good position. This is a contract you tender tender out of luxury. The Yankees do not have the luxury at this point. They have a bad roster. Give so him a two-year that- deal if you really want to. Like exactly. not non-tender him and extend him through 2025. But sure. I don't think they'll do either of those things. No, I think it would be smart to do that. Say, hey, look, you know what? You can rehab on our dime. We'll bring you back for next year. It's kind of like what the Dodgers did with Tommy Canely, but it didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't do it because the injury and not be again, nothing against Trevino, just injury stuff does not work out for the Yankees. You bet on that at all with them. They lose every single time. Um, And speaking of that, Jonathan Lewisga, I know a lot of you love him. I think he's nasty. 2.5 million for a guy that Aaron Boone, once again, all these people calling out the players for being injured. Aaron Boone literally said at the end of the season when he was placed on the IL with el- uh, elbow issues again after undergoing elbow surgery, he said he's literally never available. When he's available, he's great, but he's never av- available. So uh, great. I think you I think you said everything you needed to say, Aaron. There's no – why are you going to spend sit, uh, upwards of $7 million to keep two guys who are either not going to play for a majority of the year or are going to be a roll of the dice for a majority of the year? If you can't live with – Jonathan Lewisaga potentially going somewhere else and being good, then you don't have the wherewithal to build a roster, in my opinion. Yeah, and and if there's one thing this team knows, it's finding relievers over and over and over again. The people they've Easy. patched, the people they've patched this bullpen together with over the last couple of years, like Ryan Weber, who who also had arm surgery and, and is going to be rehabbing all year, was a like, of course you outright that man. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be here next year, but he was the closer for like a couple of games last may like a guy throwing 86 miles an hour topping out with like slower than slow breaking balls this team finds relievers everywhere loisic is the kind of high ceiling arm you don't typically give up on but do you have to pay them escalating arb salaries when you're right at the margins you don't really uh push game to shove the yankees wanted to act like the yankees i would say release trevino and then bring him back for two years like two million this year nine million next year move it around 
And I would tender Loisaga the contract, but I would not rely on him. And I would non-tender Albert Abreu, to be quite honest with you, because I know that this team can absolutely lift up the couch cushions and find somebody more reliable than Albert Abreu. But in terms of money saving, if you're going to really operate the way they're probably going to operate, Loisaga is certainly in danger. Now, that's all a certain degree of, uh, you know, it's infuriating to have to have these conversations. We're both much more infuriated by the trade rumor that dominated this morning. The Yankees and Mets are both battling to bring on somebody who checks almost no boxes. Um, The Yankees have been in constant communication with the Rays, reportedly, uh, according to rumors that dropped today, about Manuel Margot. Uh, They've been talking. They talked at the trade deadline. They're talking again this week. Several conversations. The Mets are in this mix, too. Do I think Manuel Margot is a bad player? No, I don't think he's a bad player. Speed, potential untapped power, hit 250, 260 every year. Uh, Good range, although that range has decreased after he ran into the right center field wall and slammed his knee in there and tore it up. Um, Solid player. If there were absolutely no repercussions having him on my roster, then sure. If the roster could be 35 men active at any time, yeah, put him on there. Uh, If he didn't block a single acquisition all winter, great. Trading with a division rival for Manuel Margot. No, I don't think so. What do the Rays know that we don't? Obviously something. There's no way that we know more than the Tampa Bay Rays. We never do. Manuel Margot makes $10 million next year, and he's got an option for 25. Technically 12 at the buyout. Oh, interesting. Well, 10 to $12 million for a player who – doesn't start on an idealized version of the New York Yankees. He's not your center fielder in the playoffs. Let's send him to the playoffs. He's not your center fielder in the playoffs. He's not your center fielder in important games. He's your center fielder when Jason Dominguez is injured. Okay, 10 to $12 million if you buy him out. Completely disinterested at that level. And under 100 OPS plus. He's not a league average hitter. The average itself would be in the upper echelon for the 2023 Yankees, but that doesn't mean much. He's a below-league average hitter. He's right-handed. He's a below-league average right-handed hitter coming from a division rival who's expensive. The Yankees will not pay $15 million for Glaber Torres, but they'll pay $10 million for a non-starter who checks zero boxes. Is, is, is Brian Cashman truly off his rocker? This is worse than Dylan Carlson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I I hope, again, I hope it's... The only reason I'm angry is because it's coming from Ken Rosenthal, who's usually very reliable. If it was coming from like, I don't know, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, it. any, there's no bidding war, right? Yeah. So when you're like, oh, the Yankees are involved, that's just a cheap tactic to try to get more money. It's a trade. Mm-hmm. No, so it's a trade. genuinely the Yankees and Rays are probably having a lot of conversations here. Yeah. I've reported multiple conversations. I don't know. What what I what do the conversations entail? Because the return here can't be big. The Rays aren't eating money, and it, like if if there was expansive conversations around this that had to deal with, you know, an adjusted return because of a salary relief, sure. But that's not it's not happening. The Rays don't do. They're never going to do that. Um, I don't know why. Again, the Yankees would want to trade assets and inherit the same amount of money they could pay somebody like Jock Peterson or Kevin Kiermeyer. Like, look, Jock Peterson took the qualifying offer last year. He made 19 million. He was injured last year and didn't have that great of a season. Like, I don't think he's getting a raise on that 19 million. Bring in Jock Peterson for 13, 14 million and just call it a day. You are 
looking at a guy like Margot, who, yeah, I don't think he's a bad player either, but last three years injured, he's averaged barely over 100 games. Yeah, I left that out. I left that out. Sorry. Never available either. Hits from the wrong side of the plate, doesn't do what we need, never available. Great fit. Yeah, this is exactly everything that's wrong with the Yankees. Injuries, right-handed, declining play. Yeah. Uh, His defense, understandably, has taken a hit on both the surface and in advanced metrics because of his injuries over the years. He got elbow surgery this year, knee issue this year, hamstring issues two years ago. Uh, I'm not saying that that trend is going to continue, but I'm not acquiring that in any, I don't know why you would be interested in that. And spoiler Um, alert, whoever the Rays are targeting is going to be a good player. Sure. They're, they're not like, eh, we don't care. We haven't looked at your system. Literally send us whatever. They're faking you out. They're going to get someone talented from you for someone who doesn't fit. <laughs> it's, it's sickeningly true. It's just so easy. It, like when I read this rumor, it makes me go, it's not that hard to build a roster. Brian Cashman's going into this offseason with like three objectives. Lefty bats, outfielders who are healthy starting pitching and he goes i'm gonna start by paying big money in prospect capital for right-handed bat who's never healthy it's not that hard he's it's he's trying to buck the trend. he's trying to zig when everyone's zagging dude um i mean look i don't know what kevin kiermeyer is going to make this year but if you just pay him 12 million dollars you avoid having a trade anything you get a left-handed bat and then you get a really good available bench player when Jason Dominguez returns. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to keep talking about it. It's kind of annoying. It's kind of, I, I have to listen to you talk about it and write about it. And then I have to talk about it and realize that I like it. The more that I listen to you talk about it. So why, why is this, why is this harder? His agent wanted, he, uh, he said he wanted his agent to contact the Yankees. Why, why, why are we not doing this? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, Again, Ray's setting you up in some capacity, you acquiring more salary for somebody who is not available for three, even during the shortened 2020, he missed 13 games. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't like no power. Um, so I, uh, yeah, why, I don't know why, I don't know what more analysis I have here. This is bad. bad. It feels like, uh, I don't know, an extremely dumb thing like, where they just go ahead and steal like a Caleb Durbin type, like a guy who for all intents and purposes is hitting like 320 in the minors, never striking out, but isn't a Yankee, you know, he's probably like a six homer guy. Mm -hmm. And the Rays are just like, are you really going to start Caleb Durbin at any point? And the Yankees are like, nah, we prefer Peraza. And they're like, great, we'll take him off your hands. And then he hits 320 and never strikes out at the major league level. And every Yankee fan's like, I wish we had a guy like that instead of a guy with higher on the prospect rankings, Caleb Durbin just named like the AFL's quote, most dynamic offensive performer. Cool. cool. Five at six second baseman, 21 steals, 1044 OPS. Uh, not going to, I guess we're not going to ever look at him and, and we're just going to, you know, okay. Trade him, cool. trade him in a bigger package. I mean, trade him in a bigger package. Don't trade him for Manuel Margot at all. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, should we be happy? Is there anything to be excited about? Probably not. I, I mean, I don't... Um, do you come down on where, where do we even start on Brian Cashman um, going after Giancarlo Stanton crazy uh, Giancarlo Stanton's agent going after Brian Cashman and Giancarlo Stanton's agent happening to be Yoshinobu Yamamoto's agent the guy who Brian Cashman flew to Japan to scout the guy everybody wants he's golfing with Lars Newtbar. he could be a Cardinal the Dodgers want him he might prefer the West Coast the Red Sox want him and Craig Breslow apparently was a Japanese player whisperer on Chicago. Seiyu Suzuki said this. The Mets want him and Kodai Senga wants him, so you probably want to go outbid the field for what Kodai Senga wants. A lot of competition. Something I'm tired of is people assuring me uh, from the same position I'm in, guy in chair in apartment, oh no, uh, the agent for the player flaming Brian Cashman publicly for his recent comments about his other client to diminish that client's value won't affect... Yamamoto's decision at all. The statement where the agent said anyone signing with the Yankees should be careful because you're going to get ripped by the people in charge. That won't have any bearing on the pitcher's decision. The pitcher with the most free agent competition in the current free agent pool. Of course it will. But no one's going to say it will because nobody wants the Yankees eliminated first because you lose your leverage when the Yankees are gone. You lose your leverage when the rich team that flew Brian Cashman to Japan is already eliminated because of Brian Cashman's own foolishness. So you're going to release an article through Andy Martino that says Yamamoto is very intrigued by the Yankees insignia or whatever it is. Cool that he loves our logo, but your GM and this agent just had a flame war in public this week. That's going to affect it. Yeah, let's uh, – here's the full quote. So <clears throat> this was also at the GM meetings. I don't know <clears throat> how this got lost in translation. Yeah. Oh, because <clears throat> potentially of all of the other crazy stuff that happened during yeah. that three-day span? Yeah, it makes sense that this would, I guess, get buried. Brian um, Cashman cursed a lot. Hal Steinbrenner backed his cursing. Yeah. Hal Steinbrenner said Aaron Boone loves one like thing. The whole GM meetings got cholera. A lot of stuff yeah. happened during a very short span. <laughs> so this was – uh, Per the New York Post, during an extended answer about the impact of director of health and player performance Eric Cressy and the Yankees' long list of injuries, Brian Cashman brought up Stanton. He said, quote, we can talk about it, and we're talking about Stanton trying to limit the time he's down, but I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting injured again, more likely than not, because it seems to be part of his game. But I know that when he's right and healthy, other than this past year, the guy's a great hitter and he's been for a long time. Yeah. Um, I apologize. I was not really familiar with your game, which is <laughs> getting injured all the time. <laughs> I Look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with Brian Cashman. It's, no. it's the correct statement. John Carlos is terminally injured that it is, and it has crippled this team. But you uh, need, again, as somebody who's a front-facing individual in the organization that needs to be well-spoken and articulate in front of the media. This can't be your choice of words. Um, they are inflammatory. They are disrespectful. Um, and, and more so they are assessing blame to somebody who doesn't deserve the blame. I 
have had my frustrations with Giancarlo Stanton, but mostly those frustrations have derived from the fact that the Yankees thought trading for him was a smart idea. It still is not a smart idea. It was never a smart idea. The only way it would have been a smart idea if he stayed healthy for this entire time, which was never going to happen. Everybody saw the writing on the wall during the time the Marlins were trying to get rid of him. He signed the largest contract in the history of North American sports at the time. Mm -hmm. He had been injured a ton during his tenure with the Marlins, specifically knee issues, which are very concerning for a player of his stature. Um, Obviously, all lower body injuries are concerning, um, but knees, I mean, in any sport, your chronic knee issues, anything that that those things linger for the entire year, they keep you down for a long time. Somehow Stanton's not dealt with any knee issues in New York, but it's been a litany of other things, maybe resulting from whatever's whatever has happened with his knees in the past. I don't know. Brian Cashman had all the information in front of him. Mm-hmm. He knew the Marlins were trying to get rid of him because they paid him too much money and they knew it and they didn't want to and and they they had a financial situation that they needed to uh rectify. Mm-hmm. And he knew Giancarlo Stanton was free, frequently injured, but he said, Hey, you know what? It's not gonna cost us anything in prospects. And, you know, what's 325 million seven years from now? It's probably going to look like nothing. Yeah. In reality, it kind of hasn't. It's still a really big contract. It's the same contract as Garrett Cole. It's $35 million less than what Aaron Judge is making. So, no, you were wrong. Even if the Marlins sent you $30 million in the deal to, to bring down the AAV in fucking 2026, which nobody cares about anyway. So to, to direct the blame at the player who's working hard to stay healthy but can't stay healthy because – He's never been healthy when you knew all of that beforehand and made the trade anyway to make this lineup more redundant in terms of um, a lack of athleticism, more right-handed hitting, um, more of a three true outcome play, uh, you know, profile of players on, on in the lineup. This is your fault. So you have no right to say that. And it is disrespectful that you're saying that because it's not like Giancarlo Stanton is a problem off the field. You know, we could talk about the, no. the commentary from his agent next. The, you know, the, the, I think that's also uh, important to weigh in on, but um, he's been, he's taken a lot of shit here, including from us, me, you know, for years. And then I came around on him after uh, the 2022 all-star game um, in that first half last year. But uh, this is the organization's fault. And this is where like Hal Steinbrenner needs to wake up and be like, you know, my GM, the guy calling the shots, is not making good decisions. And guess what? In fact, Wani Peralta, Clay Holmes, and Ian Hamilton, who is not a trade candidate, does not undo all the other bad trades you made. I can't deal with this because there's – look, it's it's an accurate statement. It's something for you or I to say that, hey, you just got to bake in Stanton injuries. We've said it a lot actually. And Cashman can say that too, but not the way he said it. Not, hey, you know, it's just part of his game. He loves getting injured. He keeps it up because <laughs> it adds to the narrative that he's not trying to fix this. He's added this element to his game recently. Um, <laughs> he picked up injuries after arriving in New York. We really think it helps lengthen his profile. It's a sixth tool. Um, you're a tool, dude. Uh, we got – I got into like Twitter arguments this week from people who think he's never thought of managing his lower body injuries. Like, <laughs> some guy was like – some guy was like, injuries are completely in his control. Steph Curry used to have ankle problems, and then he had surgery, and now he never has ankle problems. It's like, that's surgery, dipshit. Do you know what <laughs> surgery is? Like, the idea that Giancarlo Stan would be a professional athlete trying to get that giant contract and then getting it and has never like, has just never thought about pliability and has never thought about working out. He has to change his stance. 
he's aging out of what he used to do that used yeah. to work. He needs to change his approach. He can't be the same hitter he was last year, next year. But I guarantee he's not. Let me think of a way to get injured. Mm, I'm not going to work at it at all. I think I'm just going to have an offseason. Um, I think I'm going to tie a kettlebell to my leg and see if that helps. Oh, no, it didn't. It made my legs hurt a lot. Yeah, like There's no way that's what he's doing. He doesn't want to be on the IL either. So I'll write Brian Cashman's speeches for him. We can do – he basically said it in the NSFW scrum. He was like, Stanton's been largely productive every single year with us despite the injuries except for last year. We got to get him right. It's just a we got to get him right scenario. Are you trying to sell him to another franchise? We got to get him right. He's still a productive hitter. He's the all-star game MVP last year. Got hit by injuries hard last year. Fought through them. Because everybody who watched the team knows he fought through them. Because he couldn't run. That LOL Stanton play where he rounds third and he's walking to home. They send him on a single to the gap. He can't run or else he's going to get hurt. That's what Cashman meant. But unfortunately, that's also what he said. Uh, and so all of this filters back to Stanton's agent who gets wind of it, thinks Cashman's probably trying to pull some chicanery, get his client to agitate for a trade. We've also got the Cameron Maben comments where he responds to Keith McPherson out of nowhere and is like, I don't know if Stan wants to end his career in New York. Might want to go somewhere he's more fairly treated. Mm. All of this is leading to breadcrumbs for Stan at some point triggering that you know no trade clause and saying, I'm, I'm willing to waive it if you can find a destination for me. But Stanton, it's it's almost like not only did Cashman disrespect Stanton, but he forgot that people know people. Stanton's agent is not some bum. Stanton's agent represents a lot of powerful athletes, including the pitcher who flew to Japan in the middle of the season to sign who everybody else wants. So no one's going to know for sure whether it affects the Yankees' chances of landing Yamamoto. If Yamamoto says, I want to be a Yankee, his agent is not going to say, I won't send you there. That's not going to happen. But it's probably not beneficial to have your agent in a flame war with one of the teams chasing you. I don't think it helps the team. It might not eliminate the team, but in no world does it help the team. And the agent did not just say, hey, be careful when talking to the Yankees. He said, all free agents, foreign and domestic, have to be careful when talking to the Yankees. That wasn't an accident. And a lot of people are glossing over the fact that he represents a hugely important foreign free agent right now. Uh, this is a fireable offense. Um, so much of this has been utterly fireable. And yeah. this is the most egregious yet. And I don't understand the people who are just like, oh, it's outrage culture. You wish Cashman called out more people over the last couple of years. Don't you want accountability? No, I make fun of Alex Cora when he says Alex Verdugo's a dumb guy. I hate him and I want him to be better and show up on time. I'm like, that's rude. And if Cashman's like one of my best players who who I acquired and wasted money on is hurt all the time. Isn't that a bummer for all of us? Like that's not <laughs> accountability. It's not going to convince him not to get hurt. Yeah, Aaron Boone holding the players accountable is what should be happening. That's in the private, in private, yeah. in private. And but you know it's happening. You have the you you have the inclination to understand like, oh, okay, like there is there's a standard in this dugout. Not Brian Cashman, who clearly has no connection to the dugout or the clubhouse, who clearly goes over Boone's head if we're to believe the report that um, the analytics department um, goes behind the coaches' backs and gives information to the players. Then the the coaches complained about that being an issue. Um, I will say, however, uh, Maben's comment didn't get me mad, but I was like, come on, like do 
really we need to bake in the fact that Giancarlo Stanton's been a simply a good sport throughout this whole time. Like, yeah, I think there is some value in that, but like no fan base is going to salute somebody who's never available and who's a key piece to the roster, but can't play and has, whose unavailability has likely played a role in derailing the team's world series chances. Like what, what is that? Like, where is Stanton going to go where he's going to be appreciated for never being available? I, uh, and I'm not saying he thinks that or his agent thinks that. I don't think that that's the case either. But Maven saying that is weird. I don't know. Because I think he he also said that he he doesn't know. He doesn't want to put any words in Giancarlo Stanton's mouth. Yeah. Um, admittedly, yes, a very tough time in New York for Giancarlo Stanton. Um, but also the reality is, is that no fan base is going to be pleased and care about your – self-accountability and your, um, you know, your, your willingness to roll with the punches with all the criticism, like no one's going to be like, Hey man, you know, that spending that $300 million, like sure did suck, but at least he was nice about, um, not being available in that ALCS against the Astros when we very clearly could have won. Like that was really happy about that. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, you sit back and you're like, wow, the man dealt with a lot of stuff. He handled it nicely and gracefully, but like, we're not taking out a page in the paper to thank Giancarlo Stanton for being a good sport. Like, I don't know. I don't know what other, I don't know where else this is happening. Maybe it's, maybe there is, I don't know, but um, it's a difficult situation. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a lose, lose. Nobody wins here. The fan base loses, the organization loses, the player loses. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily agree with Maven saying that maybe he just wants to get out of New York to have a fresh start. And it helps your mental game, helps your physical game. Everything kind of um, snowballs in a positive way after that happens, um, because you gotta, you know, think to an extent. Like mental health does affect physical health. Like the physical health betrayed Stanton in 2019 and 2020. The groans and the criticism got louder and louder. Mm. Probably got in his head. Didn't necessarily help as time went on. Then you have 2022 and 2023 when stuff starts to break down all the bad vibes surrounding the Yankees over 2021, 2022, 2023. So like the, the spirituality of it here could certainly play a role. I, I would, I would like to think, but yeah, I, um, I, I also don't think Cashman was smart enough here to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to flame this guy. And then he's going to demand a trade. Like even if he demanded a trade again, you're in a bad spot. He's freak. He's, he's frequently injured. He has a lot of money connected to him. And now teams will view it as leverage. It's like, Oh, you idiot. Not only did you have all these factors going against you already, but now you wanted this guy to force his way out. You got his agent pissed. We're not giving you anything. We're not, we're not, we're not taking, you know, we're not taking on more money in this deal. Like on what planet would that happen? I've been mad at people before. And it hasn't led me back to them three days later to make a monster free agent deal. <laughs> like, I've never been like, you know who I hate? That guy I just yelled at two days ago. I think I'm going to call him up. <laughs> Give him my car. Like, that. just think about it for five seconds before you're like, it won't have any effect at all. It might not be a death knell, but it's also sure. not where you want to be yeah. at this point in the offseason. Um well, we've got one guy who is where he wants to be at this point in the offseason, and that's Garrett Cole. We got one more negative thing that just popped up. Oh, great. Really? Do we? Yeah. Uh, sort of. It's it's more so – it's Yankees Twitter. So Talking Yanks said Glaber for Verdugo would make sense if it wasn't 
a trade between the Yankees and the Red Sox. It would not. And River Ave Blues went off on them. Chris Kirshner went off on them. And I'm seeing more pop up too. But yeah, I uh, I love that podcast, but that's, I think, objectively wrong, right? It's probably, I think that's probably a bad caption. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched. I haven't watched it yet. But it seems like an inflammatory caption. Not River Avenue. was a non-rumor. If this was not the Red Sox and the Yankees, I think people would be like, "Hey, that works." Yeah. No. Eh. No. Uh, and the basis is that there is no lefty outfielders this off season, which I guess is partially true. I mean, an Alex Verdugo for Clark Schmidt trade makes more sense. Yeah, no. Putting Glaber to, and I hate Maybe. that too, but put, yeah. putting Glaber Torres in this does almost nothing for me. It just comes down to do you prefer Verdugo or Brendan Donovan? And I'd rather have not the Red Sox guy. And, and right. even if he were on a different team, I would rather have uh, not the nebulously accused of aiding and abetting a sexual assault guy. Yeah. Uh, one of my least favorite players in Major League Baseball. I think I'm good, actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, you strip a- all that away, the talent is fine it's like yeah he's a barely above average hitter 105 ops plus for his career he's not even good for one full d war over the course of his career no um yeah i don't and then you're talking about there is the positional advantage in baseball right like if you have a superior shortstop or a superior second baseman or a superior center fielder like that that plays a giant role that gives you that gives you an edge that a catcher. That was the whole argument with Gary Sanchez for years. It's like, oh, no one's homered like this guy ever. Yeah. This is incredible. Like we have an, an insane positional event. This is Labor Torres for as frustrating as he could be, like, is definitely a much player, better player than Verdugo. I think Verdugo might be like a tad more clutch just because he kicks our ass for whatever reason, but like yeah. not that great at defense. Um, has clearly not grown since being in May, has never even come close to having a season as good as Glaber Torres is la- this year. So yeah, no, I would, I would also have to disagree with this, but yeah, more toxicity. That's just, let's get that out of the way. That's what we need. Uh, the comments going with a uh, Glaber Torres for Michael Bush and maybe a pitching prospect that trades weirding me out at this point. Cause I, I, uh, I, I thought yeah. I invented it. Like, I thought I was the first person to come up with that. We wrote about it on Yanks Go Yard, and it was like, man, if the Dodgers aren't going to use Michael Bush, he's blocked, you know, lefty infielder, power bat. And then all of a sudden, it was everywhere. It was, like, speculated in athletic articles, and Mike Axisa put it in his River Avenue Blues plan, and it was like, oh, I guess we all came to the same conclusion. Well, fine same sand. Uh, fine sand said it. Like, I, I, I thought we were finding something. I thought we were finding a nice nugget, and then everybody found it at the same time. So either it's been rumored, like either it's actually like the conversations are happening and people want to get ahead of it, or everybody's just pretty smart. Um, I like that trade. Smart people. I would, yeah, I would agree that that would that'd be that'd be a good risk to take. Um, you're freeing up money. You're getting a player who, in theory, has high upside, and I think did not get enough of a chance with the Dodgers to He's mature prove- collegiate bat. You know, yeah. mid twenties. You're not getting a. You're getting a rookie, but you're not trading for like a true greenhorn. Yeah. Um, the only red flag is that everybody in the Pacific Coast League fucking hits. Yeah. Everybody's OPS is over 800. Everybody's hitting 15, 20 home runs, and but Bush was the best player in the entire league. He won MVP, so I think that that that's. Uh, that's something notable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, winner of an award last night, Garrett Cole, nice guy. Uh, took to the podium. Not only did he win the Cy Young, no anti-Yankees bias here. He was unanimous. 
Chris Martin, the Red Sox setup reliever, got a fifth place vote from somebody. That is Red Sox bias. The writer was from Chicago. Um, but Red, Sox <laughs> bias, Red Sox bias is national. Like people, I had a hard time explaining this to people yesterday too. National writers think the Red Sox are interesting and yes. cute. They're also the only big market team that constantly pretends to be a small market team. So when you're looking, when you're a national writer and you're like, I want to make my fifth place vote interesting you look to boston because you're like underdog that team is an underdog no they're not expensive run by smart people run with money not an underdog chris martin's 51 innings of setup relief for a last place team should not be your fifth place cy young vote but it didn't matter because garrett cole got all the first place votes i think this is a good time i mean look i had a friend text me last night and say hey not the worst thing in the world to have a rookie shortstop win the gold glove with 20 homers 20 steals and have garrett cole win a unanimous cy young no not the worst thing in the world but it's definitely indicative of uh where the rest of the roster is pretty pretty bad not in a great spot um but cole has an opt-out clause and I think I just spent the last 36 hours debating with people online because I guess that's what you do now. Um, but Garrett Cole's opt-out clause, not typical, right? If he wants to after this season, he can trigger it. The Yankees can block it. The Yankees can say, you are not actually opting out. We are just going to add a 10th year to your contract. And that's what should happen. Price. $36 million for year 10 for Cole's age 38 season. And that's probably, probably what's going to happen. Cole would be foolish not to opt out. But for all the people who are acting like it's a foregone conclusion that the Yankees are going to give him that extra year just because it would be smart to, you're not thinking about Hal Steinbrenner's reticence to long-term commitments. You're not thinking about the way Hal Steinbrenner spends money. You're not thinking about Hal Steinbrenner saying, my team's not very good. Do I really want to tie $36 million to an ace in age 34 to 38 for a team that I don't think it has enough pieces to make a run? I don't know. I just the people who are saying this is not a typical opt-out clause. The Yankees can block it, and of course they will. Of course they should, but I don't think they absolutely will. Just because they have the right to end the conversation early doesn't mean they will. Yeah, I uh, I don't disagree with that. I do think that we're in a uh, look. If Judge is in cahoots with Steinbrenner as much as he is or as much yeah. as we are led on to believe this yeah. offseason, there's absolutely no fucking way that, that that they let Garrett Cole walk. If this comes down to any conversation and judges in the room, he says, yep, that's that's one more year and 36 more million, Mr. Steinbrenner, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll completely. It's like, well, come on. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, age 38 is not age 40. For dinner. It's not, not age 42. Oh, man, that's an awful lot of cash. Are you sure? Look at the advanced metrics that you love so much. Not a lot of RBIs from Mr. Cole. Not a lot of high batting average from Garrett. Mr. Steinbrenner, he's a pitcher, not an offensive player. I don't know. You told us to pay more attention to RBI. You know, big fat zero in that column. <laughs> I uh, I just – I can't – this would this would torpedo the Yankees so hard. Yeah. Um, unless, unless you have a scenario where they say fuck it and they sign, like, Snell and Yamamoto this offseason, and then they're under the impression next year that Cole's going to opt out, and they say, you know what, we'll let it happen. Now we have two pitchers. We re-upped on two pitchers, you know, plus Rodon, who's technically still in his prime for probably yeah. at least three years. They would love if he could opt out. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So unless there is a bizarro universe where 
the Yankees either spend a ton on pitching this offseason, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they'll get one guy and they'll call it, or they have bigger plans next year. And I, I don't have the fucking energy to see who's available next year because then I'm just going to get my brain twisted in a pretzel to figure out how the Yankees are going to fuck it up. Corbin Corbin Burns is available. (laughs) That would be good. Um, So, yeah, I don't, I, I think that at this point, Aaron judge is the captain. We we've had all these speculative inquiries about maybe Cashman losing some power judge, getting some more influence. If that's the case, then Aaron judge is going to put his foot down. Um, and I think it's the rightful decision. It's not like anything like Garrett Cole for as frustrating as he was the first two years um, has managed to turn it around and be a really good Yankee. Uh, I understand that those, you know, he hasn't been a, the the greatest playoff performer since 2020, um, and there were some alarming numbers in uh, 2021 and 2022 during the regular season. But you win a Cy Young, you win a Cy Young. First pitcher to do it since what 2001, since Roger Clemens. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty fun, and the second Yankee of all time to win it unanimously. So that that seals your fucking, you know, the, your icon status. That's it. He's, he's, he'll get a 10th year if he wants to opt out. He should opt out if he has another good year. And, you know, the, you, you pay the price of admission. That's the, And that's what Hal Steinbrenner should be here to do. Yeah, I really liked uh, also in the video tribute to Garrett Cole yesterday. They had it all recorded uh, well in advance. There were a lot of highlights from the five-and-a-half-minute video of the Yankees saying, Garrett, you're a great pitcher, and I want to congratulate you on winning the Cy Young, which is the award for best pitcher. Keep doing what you do next year when you throw pitches. Make sure they're good. And I can't wait to get to spring training to see you throw curveballs and or fastballs. It wasn't a very interesting video, but it did have Ben Rortvet in there, Higgy in there, which made me laugh. Uh, Rortvet, I kind of wanted Cole to come in from the side and be like, where is my steak? He's like, sorry. sorry. Um, Paul O'Neill recorded his video from like the rainforest. There were like he was like standing in front of big tall trees and birds were like oh oh and he was like Garrett you're a competitor I was like you you either could just not be in this video or wait until you get out of the rainforest uh, but you know who wasn't in the video at all Brian Cashman who released a written statement with Aaron Boone yesterday so that's something but unreachable couldn't get a thirty second video from Brian Cashman uh, and Hal Seibritter who uh, owns the team, approved of the expenditure, should be celebrating Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young, unanimously, I might add. Uh, Nowhere to be found. You can't boo a Twitter video. Like, he shows up on the field, gives a giant check to some foundation, and everyone screams at him. It's a Twitter video. It's five and a half minutes long. There's a million guys in it. No one's going to retweet it and say, Hal, get out of here. (laughs) Edit Hal out. Maybe a couple people will, but that won't be the prevailing sentiment. You're just going to get a bunch of people quote tweeting it with my ace and hand raise and hearts. So uh, where was he? Japan with Cashman? Screwing up the Yamamoto thing further? Telling Yamamoto the Mets are in a better place (laughs) moving forward? (laughs) I don't know. Mets actually have more money. Yeah. You know, you're actually looking to get paid. The Mets also play in New York, and they got a lot of cash. <laughs> I Look, I don't know. Pretty, the stand- they're pretty fucking good. <laughs> I don't know the standard protocol here. Like, I've never seen – I've never, like, sat down to watch a tribute video for anybody who's won an award, really. Yeah, like, I don't know why I did. I don't – no, I mean, it's great, but I, you know, I do think that 
there is validity to it with how turbulent everything has been, um, with how there's been clearly this friction between the dugout and the front office slash ownership, uh, probably would be nice to align on all fronts and congratulate, you know, yeah. the guy who was the best pitcher in the American league, uh, arguably baseball. Um, because I think if push came to shove, Garrett Cole probably was all around better than Blake Snell. I know Blake Snell had the, the ERA, um, but Garrett Cole was, uh, Garrett Cole, I think across the board was more consistent. Like Snell went on an insane run. Snell's run was like Jake Arietta that one year where like the second half, Jake Arietta had like a fucking 0. 0.7 ERA. And you're like, what? Yeah. First half, it was like three, you know, three, three or something. And then he ended up with, it was insane. Um, but Cole across the board was probably the best pitcher in baseball. Um, probably good to show some face on video on a positive video after you were both in multiple videos doing bad stuff, saying bad things, being negatively viewed. So I don't know, again, a lesson in PR, um, do the, I just, does anybody work in PR for the Yankees? That's anybody. They should have put a picture of Hal in the video and move the mouth. Like had edited a mouth in to be like, we're so proud of Garrett Cole. <laughs> another great season, another smart idea I had bringing him on board. <laughs> I'd be there in person, but I'm stuck in Italy. Oh. Uh, Blake Snell in April, five starts, 0-4-5-4-8 ERA, Crazy. five homers and 18 walks in 23 innings. Uh, never let him tell you your season is over when it's April and you're struggling. Never. He ripped off just an all-timer from there. The Padres were, were in it, you know, until the midsummer, and then they were completely eliminated. But they were uh, even there in August, and then they just cratered and like the, they were they were there like the third week of August, and then they, they really were there the third week of September. They they had an opportunity yeah. where if they just went like nine and one down the stretch against some bad teams. They would have been right in the wild card. Yep. Um, that's not easy. It doesn't happen. They lost an extra inning game that I wasted time watching to the Cardinals, like an absurd one where they had a bunch of late leads yeah. and that was the death knell, but they managed to hover around. They, they're a 500 E team there. I wouldn't be that upset if I were a San Diego Padres fan. No, no. Well, uh, I think that's probably it for today. Probably uh, what? Well, we, I, I gave those guys some shout outs earlier. You want to, you want to talk deeper? Oh, yeah, I guess you did. That's right. I'll talk deeper about Ramirez and beater. I mean, th- those are two, I think, well, you know, more than I do. I don't pay well, attention. I just think like that one decision, you can't leave Beater off. He's going to get taken. Uh, Ramirez, I think, probably would have been taken, but I thought the Yankees might be willing to stomach that. They apparently were not. They wanted to make it extremely obvious they were going to trade or, you know, non-tender Higgy. They put that sixth catcher on there. Um, I, I I think Mitch Spence, who's like a depth arm at AAA, could go. I think Matt Sauer could go. The guy who struck out 17 guys in a game last year at double a and for whatever reason was not protected and not stolen last year. Those are typically the guys who do get taken Edgar Barclay, a reliever who dominated at every level. He's 25 years old. Then they brought him to triple a this year and made him a starter. Mm. He went unprotected. Uh, I think he's the most obvious one. He'll probably get taken somewhere and I wish him the best of luck. Cause I don't think you really need to bend over backwards. If you're the Yankees at this point to protect relievers, just hope the Red Sox don't get him and he doesn't turn into Garrett Whitlock. But other than that, Oh, I mean, Elijah Dunham unprotected too, but I think you would be, be a confusing move for somebody to be like, I'm going to take this underwhelming lefty outfielder who hit like 220 with limited power last year 
from the Yankees who I have to carry all year long. So I think the Yankees made the right moves. Uh, and I don't think Clayton Beater is here on opening day, but I think you had to add him to the 40-man. I like the comment that you posted more than I like their 40-man decisions because I wrote about this this week too. Mm-hmm. You hear and that, Fernando? He's he's healthy. Uh, he apparently ditched the crutches midsummer last year. He's going to be looking for a one-year deal. Remember when the worst thing in the world was when the Yankees were going to make Gio Urshela the starting shortstop? And we were I like, liked it. Oh, my God, he's not a shortstop. Uh, and he probably still isn't a shortstop, and now he's probably lost some lateral movement after the pelvis surgery. But uh, they went out and found a worse option for starting shortstop. So they probably, for a million different reasons, should have stood pat with their roster in the middle of the winter in 21-22. Geo, Bowers, Kiermeyer, and Trevino bench. And then Manuel Margot is a starter. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, yeah. please. Baseball stinks. Uh, well, Yankees baseball is back soon. We're going to be having a very big offseason. I promise you. I promise you. I don't doubt uh, A lot of moves have to be made. We're going to have to be making moves. We can't go in the next year looking the same. Nestor Cortez, still here. Can't get rid of him. Um we're going to have a good friend on the show on Monday. Uh, comedian yeah, McGraw will be on the show. If you want to look him up, he is hilarious. You've probably seen him in a few national commercials. If you like Jameson, he's in the JMO uh, New Year's Day ad last year. You'll probably recognize him. You'll probably be like, oh, that guy. Uh, he's hilarious. He's going to be really Jaeger. Fun. Oh, it was Jaeger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I, I was like, he did a Jameson ad too? Damn. No, no. I was thinking about what he drinks. He, he's, in a, <laughs> he's in a Jaeger ad and he's in a Simply Safe ad that you guys have probably seen. You'll know him when you see him. Uh, he rules. He'll make the show fun. Uh, more yeah. fun than we do. Again, we promise you premium content. You help us get to 1,000 subscribers. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. Um, we'll see you again on Monday at 2 o'clock. We're coming up on Thanksgiving week. We're also on all podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, we're going to be doing a podcast next week because hopefully we'll have something to talk about. We're taking the holiday off, but you'll see us live on Monday. I assume most of you guys will be wasting time at your jobs that week. Uh, we won't be. We'll be working, but we'll also be wasting a fair amount of time. I am at Adam Weinerb. On Twitter, on X, Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Uh, head on over to YanksGoYard.com, folks. The off-season content is heating up, um, and we're not giving you the BS. We're not doing the regular boring aggregating. We're getting you the information. We're giving you our, our takes. We're coming up with some scenarios. We're having a good time. Um, we need you guys commenting. We need you guys sharing. We need you guys talking about it. Um, that's how we're going to make all the content better. So please head on over there. Um, enjoy your weekends. Uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday, like Adam said. Um, and uh, we're probably we're going to have some roster news by then with the, the tender deadline coming up this Friday. And then if I'm not mistaken, we probably – I remember a couple of years ago we got some creepy moves over Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, we like should. I mean – Agent signings and stuff. Kurt Schilling uh, famously went to Boston on Thanksgiving weekend. It usually happens. Somebody will do something. Very un-American. Celebrate the fucking holiday. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Uh, yeah. Stocking up on ketchup for the ankle. <laughs> Asking somebody to pass ketchup on his turkey for sure. Yeah, distracted from dinner, putting ketchup on his foot. Um, somebody will, yeah, somebody will absolutely sign. We'll react when we come back from the break. Until then, we will see you all on Monday for sure. Take care, y'all. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.